Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Anyone Soft and Strong. I hope you've had a great week. Um, it's been a really long week for me to be honest. I am so tired but I'm so happy that it's Friday. There was a bit of construction going on outside my, uh, like in the building next to mine and the construction will literally start at 5 a.m. every single day. So that was really tiring. Um, so that was really annoying because I had to wake up at 5 a.m. almost every single day this week and I was going to bed late. So that didn't really help me. Um, but I'm just really happy that it's Friday and I'm just gonna take some time to relax and maybe go out. Um, speaking of going out, I am so happy because um, starting May 28th, all of our curfew, like the curfew was lifted in Montreal and then um, the patios or terraces were opening. So technically we could go outside and like, eat and you know I did that and that was one of the best feelings ever and to think like before I used to take those things for granted but it's just like it was so good and so I felt so nice to be able to do that again and I feel like the last time I actually sat down at a restaurant to eat was like before I moved to Montreal like this was in Winnipeg before I was leaving and I was meeting with a few people because by the time I moved here everything else was closed and um we had the curfew like a few months um a few months shortly so I haven't been able to do that and it just felt like this whole thing I was so giddy and excited because I'm just like wow and I think about it like wow I can't believe I was like that excited oh I am that excited to actually sit sit down and eat at a restaurant um even better like starting monday like dining dining was open um and then this weekend uh some coffee shops would actually allow people to go in and like sit at the coffee shop and work or do whatever it is that they want to do inside the coffee shop so i'm actually really looking forward to um maybe finding a coffee shop near me and editing this episode from there and again that's why i ended up missing last week i didn't publish any any episode just because it was literally the first week that i have everything open and i was like oh my goodness i can go outside i can um stay outside past 9 30 and that's pretty much why i was just like not staying home and i didn't have any time to sit down and prep for any episodes or uh, try to record the podcast I was just like working and after work I would go outside and I would come home late that's pretty much why I missed the episode so I'm so sorry um but I honestly was just I was really excited to jump into like some sense of normalcy um some sense of like a normal life again and that's why but we're back on track I just need to find a balance now being that I am um, it's summer and it's nice outside and I can actually go outside and do things. I need to find, I need to balance my time in, in between work, podcasting, and then also having a social life. That's what I need to do because when I started this podcast, there was not much of a social life. It was mostly work and nothing else to do. And it was winter and it was cold. I need to figure this out, how I'm going to divide my time moving forward. Um, but yeah, so sorry, I went on a bit of a rambling journey there. But um, despite the fact that I'm really tired, it's honestly have been good. June is off to a great start, um, mostly because the weather is just really nice. And then all these other things happening in the city. Um, and Montreal is a really good city to be in in the summer. There's always so much activities happening. So 
it makes me really happy and i'm excited for the rest of the summer to go uh to go that way just be happy live life like courtney kardashian will say it no one come for me for quoting courtney kardashian but anyway she has um she has a point and my goal this summer is to just live life um <laughs> that's so cheesy but um so for today's episode as you can tell by now no guests uh it's just gonna be me again um i want to talk about someone very close to me um someone who had a really big part to play in my life and the person that i am and the woman that i am and i think even the person that i will continue to be in the future um and i just wanted to take this episode to really share my story and my relationship with them and how they have molded me uh into the human being that i i am today and that person is actually my grandmother, uh, my tate, my bibi. <laughs> um, my grandmother, she she was like this incredible woman, to be honest. So I think it's very fitting that I give her like an entire episode. And I just want to share some of my favorite memories of her um, and like some good lessons that I learned from her and stuff like that. So the way that I remember my grandmother, um, I lived with her actually like most of my life. She practically raised me. Um, so she was like a mother and then also a grandmother at the same time because I lost my parents at a very young age and she kind of took me over and my siblings and she helped us get through life you know so um that's what i mean by everything that i know i know from her the way that i remember her for the years that i lived with her obviously this is before this was before i came to canada um, she was this woman that was always very joyful and very happy. Um, she would like sing randomly. She would just kind of like start singing and like dancing and like she'd do these like really fun dance. Um, I can have an image in my head of like this really pretty orange shirt that she used to wear. And it was like, it was um it was orange and then it had like black dante i don't know what that is in english i think dante that's a french word and it was so pretty and she would just kind of like move around it and like do some sort of dances and then she would always sing and i think that's something i do too now i'm always humming and singing so definitely something i probably got from her because like i would just watch her do this and sometimes i would i would like start singing too or like just laugh out loud um and she was always that person that is just like a light honestly um and i remember like how happy she was but um she was sick most of the time that i knew her um and but that didn't really stop her from just like being this incredible woman that she is um she was also very kind and really took care of me and my siblings and also like my cousins um she went to the extra mile worked really hard we had these like shamba things or like gardens uh you can call them or like yeah i guess they're gardens like something that you uh you can plant like fruits and vegetables at your house and stuff like that and she would always work so hard to maintain these shambas to like take care of them and tend to them so that we have like vegetables that we can eat and like fruits and stuff um it was honestly quite incredible um and i remember that um when i was in school because so we lived in tanzania and um like 
the school system there is you don't go to school from eight to four like people do here in Canada. You actually go to school from like eight to twelve, and then there's students that go to school after you. So there's like morning classes, and then there's evening classes. So uh, whether I was going to morning classes or evening classes, um, she always made food for us. Uh, most of my classes were morning classes, so I would come home and there's always lunch. And I think I really miss that even today because I wish I could come home and someone cook, like, especially now that I live alone, I truly, truly miss that because it's such a privilege to come home and there is food. So there was never a day that um, we came home and there was no food. Either the food is ready or the food is going to be ready in like half an hour or um, an hour or so. But usually she would cook for us. Um, and that just made life really easy because when you're coming back from school, you're tired, you're hungry, you're grumpy. And those are kind of like things that I just really remember about her. And um, and I think every single day, she just really made sure that we were taken care of. Um, I think also, even though she was like super nice and, you know, she cared a lot about us, she also didn't let us get away with things that were not right. She always checked us. Like she would make sure that you are checked. If you make a mistake, you will know. Um, she's not just going to sweep it under the rug and like be the, uh, those grandmothers that are like, oh, yeah, it's all good. No, no, no. She didn't do that. Uh, if you make the wrong decision, she will make sure that you deal with it and you take care of it um so actually like i was as i was prepping for this episode i asked um a couple of my cousins and then i asked my sister as well to kind of share what their memories of my grandmother were and um my cousin <laughs> shared the story with me about like how my grandmother bb um checked her um and she basically like I, apparently she my cousin made this mistake and she ran to my grandmother and told her about it in hope that if her mom finds out that she wouldn't get in trouble and then my grandmother apparently like calmed her down she's like yeah don't worry it's okay like let's go do some work um and then they went and did some work and then my cousin thought like she's not gonna have to take responsibility for what she did and then when her mom came home my grandmother made her um go and confess and she's like oh why are you making me confess i thought you said it's okay like you told me not to worry about it, and you made me do all this work because i thought if i do this work then i will not be um punished or i won't have to tell my mom and she's like apparently my grandmother was like yeah i get that like just me comforting you or me like telling you come help me in the chamber or the garden come help me doesn't mean that you won't have to face your mistakes or your problems you always have to own up to your mistakes so that's kind of like what happened and in reality i think that's like a really good even though she was like really caring and she'll do all these things for us and that like she didn't let us have a free pass when we were wrong and i think that's a really good valuable lesson um to think when i think about it i'm just like yeah that actually makes so much sense like you know own up to your shit um and in my experience actually um when i would do something wrong um she would always use like certain words to explain why it's important to like watch what i'm doing or i remember she used to use like proverbs like kibembe proverbs because my tribe is Babembe, and then we have a language called Kibembe. So she, that, that was obviously her first language. And she would use certain things uh, or proverbs to try to explain things, to have things make sense to me. One of the proverbs she used to say, she would say things like, Safi, le loi, mwilechi. 
I, eventually I like I figured out what it was because she would explain it to me what it means like I don't I want to translate it but I know it's going to get lost in translation and anyone who speaks Kibambe please let me know if I translated this right if you know what this is so basically what it means is like know your place um do not insert yourself too much into people's lives um like t- if someone is giving you an inch do not take a mile you know um like really know your place, respect yourself, do not um, sort of like go over your lane, kind of like low key stay in your lane. That's pretty much what it means. That's like the shortest way to translate it. And she would always say things like that. Let's say, um, uh, and I think even to today too, I feel like when I am in a place where I'm asking for too much, and I think I still worry about that. I always have this fear of like asking for too much from people because I don't want to make people uncomfortable and I don't want to insert myself too much into someone's life. So that those are kind of like certain things she would say. Um, something else she used to say to me was um, uh, this thing where, um, so it, it says, oh, oh. So yeah, so which basically also again translating here um, means like a bird eats according to its mouth. <laughs> I think it just means like don't bite more than what you can chew. Uh, I think that's like the most equivalent saying in English will be yeah, don't bite more than what you can chew. Um, and she just used to say this, like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you, you see certain things and you wish you had that and you complain about it and, um, you come, you come home and you complain about it and you're like pouty uh, and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like, I wish I don't, I had this. You guys don't do this for me kind of thing. And she would always say, yeah, and, um, I, I think that's also something that I still use up to today because I mean, my entire life really, um, I still use that because I feel like I don't pressure, I don't put too much pressure on myself to have certain things or do certain things by a certain time in my life or um, if I don't have something I just tell myself this is not for me right now Um, this is not meant for me if it was meant for me then I would have it it's not something that is aligned with where I am Um, and specifically when it comes to materialistic things um, I think I remember when I was in Winnipeg, like people were like, oh, you graduated school, you have a job now, why don't you get a car? And I would always say like, that's not something that I can afford right now. And it's okay for me to not have it. I don't have to do it because everyone else is, everyone else has a car, everyone that my age has a car, or most people my age have a car, I don't need to do it. You know, I could take the public transportation because that's what I can afford right now. Um, Even when it comes to traveling, I think like I would book um, like hotels or Airbnbs that I can afford. And I think sometimes I'll have this thing where I'm comparing myself to people that um, maybe are actually staying in these fancy hotels and I'm staying in an Airbnb, but then I'll tell myself, I'll like, this is what I can afford right now. And this is kind of like what I have and I don't want to take on more just because other people are um, are doing it. And especially like uh, with today and social media, the way that we live our lives, it's so easy to compare ourselves with what people have um, and 
compared to what we don't have. And I think that always really just um, remind, like I always use that reminder and these two proverbs just really have stuck with me where I'm always like, once I remind myself of that, I will just, I'll be like, yeah, you know what? It's all good. This is not what I am intended to be live. This is not the kind of life I intend to live right now. And this is not the life that is meant for me at the moment. Um, I can do things to get there. But for now, this is what I have. And I'm going to be happy in this. I'm going to be happy with what I have and what I am blessed with. I also want to share some of my favorite lessons that I learned from her. Some of these things, I hated them when they were happening or when we were together. And I think I think I even remember my grandmother would always say like, hey, I'll, like one day you're going to thank me for this, you know? And I think I am at that stage where I actually, at that stage in my life where I recognize all the things that she did for me and all the things that she taught me. And the truth is I am forever forever grateful for what she did um because i don't know how i would be if i didn't really learn these things from her so one thing that i learned from my grandmother she was really 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 clean and i don't know how i can emphasize this but she was probably the cleanest person i've ever met in my life the woman was like she never wore the same clothes more than once like cleaned her laundry and we didn't have a laundry machine so she hand washed all her clothes um like did not repeat clothes um hand washed them and (laughs) she used to make us clean when we were younger um she would make us clean and I didn't cry cleaning actually like I hated it but I didn't cry cleaning I would just do it because she'd be like yeah you have to clean like everybody like weekends and stuff and I think a lot of kids maybe I don't want to generalize like Africa but I think a lot of African kids we go through this with African parents where every weekend you have to clean so that was my experience like on weekends you don't have school like wake up early clean um house uh Christian gospel music blasting (laughs) and then you get like you wake up at 5 a.m and music is all over the house and you have to clean but anyways she cleans anything in the house, everything in the house and everywhere in you in the house. And she used to say this thing where she would say like, so Safi, if you are, if you go into your bathroom and one day you are like locked into it or something like that, or let's say there, there came a time where you're completely forced to sit in your bathroom for like hours for any situation, maybe you're hiding, maybe you're whatever the situation may be. Um, would you tolerate staying there for like hours? And if the answer is no, then your bathroom needs some cleaning. Can you eat in your bathroom? Can you see yourself going in your bathroom? Like not that there was any reason to eat there, but like, let's say that was the case where you had to go eat in your bathroom. Can you stomach that? And if your bathroom is not that, like if you feel like, ew, gross, then you need to clean your bathroom to a point where you're like, okay, if I was forced to eat in this place, then I'll be okay. Like I wouldn't puke and like throw my food and get disgusted or disgusted or something like that. She would say it that way. And I, like, I used to think of like, oh my goodness, what is she saying? Um, but the truth is like, it's honestly true. I feel like even when I go to other people's home, I'm so anxious about like their bathrooms. And um, if I'm visiting people, I'm so worried. And I always have to come home to use the bathroom. And some bathrooms are just like, 
you, you go in and you're like, whoa, anxiety level high, you know? And I feel like she was right. Now I, like, I'm always making, like, I clean a lot too. I mean, not to her level. I clean a lot. I feel like even when I'm cooking and stuff, sometimes I would have to stop, um, like I would have to finish cleaning before I can go eat. And I think people that have been around will finish eating and I'll grab their plates and go clean them. Like, Oh no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, no, I'm so like, this is, I'm really used to it. It's part of me. And maybe part of that is kind of like trauma from getting yelled at for not doing what I was told to do. And now it just, it's part of me. It's like, as soon as I'm done eating, I have to get the plates. I have to go put them in the sink and clean them. Or even certain things like before I start cooking, before I start eating, after cooking, I have to clean the kitchen and make sure that it doesn't look too crazy because I'm going to be very anxious about it, right? Um, so those are some of the things that I I have really learned from her. And I, I just, I clean a lot. I don't like it when it's messy. Mess makes me anxious. Um, I mean, I'm not like a clean, as much of a clean freak as she was, but she really did teach me to keep my space she really did teach me to keep my space clean. And uh, also, like, you never know if you get visitors and stuff, are you going to start freaking out? Um, and just always have your home prepared for guests and stuff because we, uh, African people, we love to visit each other and we don't normally announce our visits. So people can come to your house at any moment. So you have to keep your house clean. Um, and that's something that I still adopt up to today. I think one thing that I struggle with, regardless of what she taught me, is just doing laundry. I'm really bad at doing laundry. I don't like it. Um, uh, if, I, if it was up to me, I would, ha- I would actually have someone do my laundry all the time, but I don't. Um, I am forced to do it myself. Other than that, I clean everything. I don't mind uh, doing dishes. I would do dishes. That was actually one of my first jobs. Um, so I would do dishes like all the time it doesn't even affect me in a negative way um but i just have to keep clean and i'm kind of like one of those people uh, if i am in a place with someone and that person doesn't want to clean or doesn't want to do anything i honestly i like i'll just do it and it's not because um it's not because like i don't care if that person does something helps or not and and I'm, i'm just doing it because for my own sake i need this place to be clean otherwise i'm gonna go crazy like that's why i have to do it um something else that she really um my i feel like my grandmother helped me with was um like memories of my father and um as I mentioned earlier, and as I think I have mentioned this before in the, on the podcast, is that my parents passed away when I was very young. So I, I don't, like, I didn't really, I don't have, like, I don't have the greatest memories of my father. I remember him very, very vividly uh, from my own memories. But I think most, most things that I know about my dad, my grandmother told me about them. Um, she would take her time she would take her time and just uh tell me about my dad and the kind of person that he was um and that's something I really appreciated I'll just sit there and listen and watch her speak about uh, about him and how her face would light up when she was talking about my dad and um and she did this not just for me but also for me and my siblings as well she really helped us uh, have an idea of who our father was and she would talk she would talk about his kindness and how he wanted to take care of his sisters and like how he um 
but like would sacrifice certain things just to like make sure everyone was doing great and how he loved her and how she loved him and that bond they had and how incredible that was it's just like super inspiring to me but um she would tell me like different stories about uh, my dad traveling and working and you know um taking care of everyone and i just thought that was really cool and um it really created a very clear image of who my dad was um and i i think that's really something i cherish because not everyone has that um sometimes we, some people in my experience they don't have anyone that like shares stories about their loved ones or if they do they have to like ask for them or dig and search for them i was very lucky because i just had access to that information from my grandmother um and she was really kind to share she never made me feel like i was asking for too much um she just voluntarily shared that information with me and um it's something that i am really really grateful for because i feel um i feel like if she didn't do that i wouldn't really know who my father was you know i wouldn't really know um because she was sort of like my mirror she was mirroring who my father was to me something else that i learned from her was um just how strong she was in her faith in god literally faith that could move mountains this woman and her faith like she should be one of those the people that I would say like yeah they have a really strong relationship with god um because she dedicated her entire life to god being in these like house of prayers um and she would pray for all of us um and she is the first person that actually took me to church and like made sure that i didn't miss church and i i am one of those kids that really looked forward to going to church on sundays and stuff like that um <laughs> it's just like she was really incredible in that sense and i i always say this i always say like if there's all people that will get into heaven she is one of those people if she was not hypocritical like she would go to church she would pray um but then also like her um her faith and beliefs like her beliefs would also reflect in the way that she was treating people um how generous she was and welcoming and like not judgmental and not um condemning people to their sins or anything like that she wanted us to have the same thing and have the same like the same life and experience where we loved people um i remember what i was saying about like when we would come home and she would make lunch and when we had our friends she would be like oh bring your friends you know um make sure that your friends eat as well like go get food for your friend make sure that your friends are good are your friends okay um like even neighbors and stuff she would be one of those people that will kind of like make food and this is common a lot in Congolese culture where you can make food and you can take it to your neighbor um and give them something to eat as well if they don't have anything or you could bring in their kids when you make something you could bring in their kids if they haven't had anything to eat you just invite them over and then they could eat those are all things that she would always do her actions were very very loud and went hand in hand with um like what she was saying and um what what i truly believe like a christian person or someone who believes in god and someone who loves god the way that I believe that they should treat people she really embodied that 
Um, and I also something else I really appreciated about her as well was um, when we when we were younger, um, she used to pray for every single person in my family, like her um, immediate family. So her grandkids and her kids, she would pray for them name by name, like honestly, name by name. She would just go through those prayers. Um, and like something about the way that she prayed just really used to make me feel so calm and collected. I would be like, I think I've always been an anxious kid, uh, to be honest. And before bed, when she would pray for us and she names everyone name by name and she kind of like ask for these blessings um, and these things that she wants for us, I would feel so calm. It was like, it was like hugs to me, honestly, like the way that she, her prayers felt like hugs. That's how it felt. Um, and just like really wanted and prayed for the best for us. Um, and really did set that example for me. I mean, um, I don't pray every day, but honestly, I feel like I am, I have lived my life feeling comfortable knowing that she was praying for me. She was taking her time to bring uh, me to God and say, hey, this is uh, my granddaughter, Safi, and this is who she is. Bless her with X, Y, Z. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like every time she prayed for me, those blessings really just translated into my life in one way or another. I think a lot of people in my family, like especially as grandkids, this is something that we really appreciate off of her. Um, something else that she taught me, and again, this is definitely one of those things I used to really hate um, when I was a kid. She really taught me to just like pause and think about it, think about what it is that I want to do instead of jumping on every, every single thing that's happening and doing it. Like basically like what I'm trying to say is she really taught me to not do things just because everyone is doing it, but do it because I either feel that it's good for me or it's important or it's going to help my life in one way and it makes me happy and not just do it just because like someone I like was doing it. And the perfect example for this was um, <laughs> drinking. So drinking is not a really big part of my culture. Um, I think... In certain culture, people have alcohol at dinner and um, they drink as a family. They take shots and stuff. Um, like, you know, in certain culture, like Russian culture, like drinking is normal at dinner. And uh, Italian culture or like French culture, they drink wine and blah, blah, blah at, at dinner. And that's not the case for me. In fact, um, in Congolese culture, people that drink are kind of frowned upon. Um, so especially women that drink. Like you are labeled, like there's so many labels that you get if you're openly drinking, especially in my tribe anyways. Maybe I shouldn't speak for all the Congolese culture. Um, in my tribe, like if you are a woman and you go to bars and you drink and stuff, you're pretty much called like a slut or whatever because you're that's pretty much who you are seen to be. Um, so sometimes people, um, yeah, and most people that drink just end up being like alcoholics because they're now addicted to it. 
they get shunned and they get judged in the society. Um, they are mostly violent. Like a lot of people that drink are violent towards their kids and their wives. So alcohol and like drinking is really frowned upon in my in my culture and the way that it is perceived is just like there's this negative connotation towards it so it's very like it's less likely that you're going to see people drinking just openly like this if they're going to drink they're going to drink in their homes maybe like when there are no guests around or if they're doing it with guests it's only guests that also only drink anyways so that's a little bit about drinking and my culture um so (laughs) sometimes like people that are younger or like people our age and uh will People our age will do it, but they would actually do it in secret. Um, They'll actually do it in secret. And so I remember the first time that I drank alcohol, I was um, 14. And it was this like gross tasting alcohol. It's called Primus. I don't know if anyone remembers that. If you are Congolese, there's a chance that you've seen this alcohol somewhere. It's called Primus and it tastes like shit. Um, So that was the first time I ever drank. So I... Uh, I was in a group and there was that primus and then there was like this traditional wine that you that, that you can drink and it it tastes not too it's actually very sweet but um it's you can get drunk really easily because you're just like going crazy on it um and so that was the first time I ever drank and the reason why I was drinking well I wanted to um but the reason why I had access to alcohol so we used to have these girls that used to stay with us um because they were going to school they are related to my cousins but I was like really really close to one of the girls um and I really looked up to her and I was kind of like a puppy dog following her around and doing almost everything that she was doing um and she she we really liked each other and she also cared for me and she like helped took care of me she kind of became my sister even though we were not related we were technically cousins because they were my cousin's cousins um so anyways this one time i remember her and her boyfriend uh were kind of like we were all hanging out or just kind of like talking and stuff and then someone came over and brought drinks and they're like yeah yeah do you do you guys want to drink and i asked her if i could drink and she said um are you sure and she's like yeah i don't want to get in trouble but by giving you alcohol because i think she was like 16 at that time and i was 14 maybe even 17 i can't remember exactly she was a little bit older um and i think like she knew that my grandmother did not approve of our friendship um so she was very hesitant but i was begging her I was like please 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 let me try it let me try it and she gave in and she gave me the alcohol so I tried it I mean like I said it was very sweet so you can still drink it and just drink a lot of it without realizing that you're drinking too much and it was also my first time drinking it um so I kind of went a little bit crazy and when I got home I had this like the worst headache ever my head was hurting my stomach was hurting I wasn't drunk but I just like you could really tell when someone like had a bit to drink and everything was just like a mess um so as soon as I got home my grandmother realized that I've been drinking and she got like she 
flip out. I've never seen her that upset before. She was so mad. Oh my goodness. Um, and she was yelling and she's like, why are you doing this? Why do you have, like, can't you make your own decisions? Why do you have to follow everything other people are doing? She was like, she just went crazy and was just like yelling nonstop. Um, and she was just kind of afterwards, the next couple of days, she, she just kind of sat me down. She's like, I don't know why you were drinking. You know, it's wrong. You know how people are perceived when they're drinking. I don't want that for you. Um, that would be a really bad reputation to have. You're really young. Um, and she just said like, you have your whole life ahead of you. I don't want you to ruin your life like this. You need to take care of yourself. Um, and she was just kind of telling me like how important it is to be my own person and not do things just because everyone else is doing them uh, and stand in my own ground and like know what I want. Um, and to be honest, um, I didn't drink for the longest time after that. Like, nope, did not drink alcohol. I remember when we moved to Canada and I would go to maybe bars and um, I would go to bars with my friends and they would all be drinking. And one of my friends used to joke, she, like she would order alcohol and she'd be like, and some milk for her, please. And it was the funniest thing ever. But anyways, yeah, I didn't really drink. I think I didn't start drinking until I was 24 or 25, like very late on. And then I only drank for two years and maybe two to three years I drank um, and then I stopped after I stopped drinking in 2018 so I think yeah I didn't really experience alcohol that much I don't even drink now so it's it's something that I didn't really I didn't feel I didn't really depend on so even cutting that off was really easy because my grandmother flipped and after that I never really had any alcohol until like when I was maybe 24 25 and then I stopped a couple a few years ago until now so it wasn't really hard for me to stop drinking because again it's not something that I've been doing my whole life right uh, in terms of my grandmother those are like the lessons and some of my some of my favorite memories of her and the type of person that she was um she was honestly incredible and I think anyone who knew her can say that um the the people that she took care of uh even strangers like people that were not related to us she took care of that and I think she also passed that on to even my uh aunts and stuff like they do the same thing you know they'll welcome strangers into our home and take care of them um and give them a home give them food give them like support them in other things and projects that they're doing i hope i can be half the woman my grandmother was because she was honestly just incredible um i do want to share that though um i do want to share that uh my grandmother actually passed away um in march this year um so as I mentioned earlier, she was pretty sick as long as I can remember. When I was younger, she would always complain about this thing that was like bugging her and she always felt like something was locking in her stomach or something like that. That's At least that's how she explained it. And um, every time she would go to the hospital, they never really found anything that was wrong with her. And we sent her to like multiple, multiple, multiple doctors from like Congo to Tanzania to Burundi. Um, she saw multiple doctors, but they never really figured out what was wrong with her. So she just had to live with that her whole life. Um, and then this year she passed away. Honestly, it, it was pretty hard. And I think I had a really hard time um, because she is basically someone that raised me. And um, knowing that she was a phone call away was really good. Uh, knowing that I could call and ask, hey, uh, how is grandmother 
doing, I can ask people and they would tell me if she's happy, if she's sad or uh, talking to her and she would ask me if I'm married yet as usual. And I'll be like, no, I'm not married. <laughs> um, she would always say like, wow, what are you waiting for? I don't have that anymore, you know? Um, and it just, it kind of, and it is sad uh, to think about it. Uh, because, and again, like I said, she, when I'm having a hard time with certain things, I would always say like, oh, at least my grandmother is there and she's praying for me. You know, she's praying that whatever it is that I'm going through will pass and I'll, I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, it's hard when you don't have those things anymore. I've talked about grief on the podcast, on this podcast before, and I think everyone knows how I feel about it. Like I have a really big family and I feel like grief is something that I should be used to, but I'm not. And I don't think I'll ever be, especially when it comes to people that are really close to me. Um, uh, that being said, I think I'm going to remember her by the changes that she made in my life and how her lessons will continue to shape me into the woman that I am and into the person that I will be proud of. I think those are things that I want to cherish. You know, um, I do, I do miss her so much. Um, I have my memories of her and I think I will hold on to that memory as much as I can. And I am really grateful for the person that she was. I am grateful to God that she was my grandmother and she was as the person that raised me and molded me um, and instilled like these ethics and values and morals into me that I don't think I would have had if she wasn't the person that was raising me and taking care of me. Um, she was overall an incredible person. And like, I think I can speak for my um, other cousins and siblings as well, like the way that we missed her and um, we wish that she was here. But I, I also know that she is in the right place. Um, I know that she's resting. She can finally be at peace and not be in pain anymore and suffer. Uh, you know, she was really in her old age and um, and I think it was her time. She really truly lived her life. Um, she did everything. And so, yeah, I, I can sit here and talk about her for days and just really speak on how phenomenal she was. Um, but I'm sure I will always bring her up. I have brought her up in the past, but I'm sure I will again in the future. Um, because yeah, it's just it, her legacy lives on and it's it's not something I can just not talk about. Bibi Malibola, uh, you were a beautiful woman inside and outside. Um, we miss you. Like I miss you so much. I am forever grateful. And if I can have like half of the qualities that you had on this earth, I will be set for life. Everyone listening, thank you for tuning in again and listening to this episode. Again, I always welcome anyone who wants to reach out to me and talk about something that they've gone through or like if you want to share your memories of your grandmother and some of the lessons that they taught you as well, I would love, love, love. I would love to hear from you. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that you have an incredible weekend. Um, a quick reminder, again, if you haven't followed or subscribed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please do so. Um, feel free to share this with your friends if you want to support me and help me grow. If you do share it on your social media, again, please tag me so I can share that as well on the podcast Instagram. Um, 
um, please follow my Instagram handle at anyone soft and strong podcast. Uh, that's the IG handle. Have a great day and we'll catch up again soon. Bye.